1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic edge closer to appointing Brendan Rodgers as their new manager. Jack Hendry says Scotland are relishing the challenge of Erling Haaland and Sam Lammers undergoes a medical ahead of his move to Rangers. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Kenny Miller. Yep, fresh back off a, off a nice holiday. Uh, season's still not quite finished as yet as we've still got the two Scotland games coming up but already itching for the new season to start. That's it. You go on holiday at this time of year because you think it's going to be the quietest part of the football season. You go away for a few days and it's all been happening back here. Yeah, it all kicked off, didn't it? It was uh, obviously Ange right after the cup final. I think even in the days leading into the cup final, there was a lot of speculation surrounding his future. And I think immediately after that, that treble was secured. He was uh, he was on a train or a plane or somewhere down to London to go through the. The, uh, uh, the Spurs job uh, and it's a wonderful opportunity for him it really is earned you know he's done a wonderful job up here at Celtic and he'll, he'll be sadly missed not just by the Celtic fans and, and, and everybody at the club but by Scottish football in general because the way he's conducted himself and carried himself since he's been up here he's been, uh, he's been impeccable and, he's, and his team's been good to watch as well so wish him all the best and Brendan Rodgers looks as if he will be Ange Postacoglu's successor what have you made of that news developing? you know it, it would have been the name on, on my lips that's for sure uh, I think he's an obvious an obvious replacement. He obviously he knows the club. He's had wonderful success and his team played some fantastic football when he was up here uh, in his first spell. So it's, I, I think he fits the profile as well. I think they need someone big like Brendan to come in and, and, and carry it after, uh, after Ange leaving. And not just that, I think we also what's going on the other side of the city. I mean, I think Rangers are moving in the right direction under Michael Beale. They're uh, well underway in their summer recruitment. They're just uh, on the verge of another potential signing over the next uh, few days, potentially. So things are moving quickly uh, at Ibrox. So Celtic will be looking to respond like they did when they first appointed Brendan. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get on to that shortly. But striking options, is that what Michael Beale really should be looking at at the moment? I thought it was, it was order, ordinary business. I think the minute the season was finished and even even towards the end of the season, you could see how light Rangers were in that area of the pitch. I mean, they had to go with Alfredo for, for a lot of the times or Fashion Sakala and Rabbi Matondo were even filling the roles at, at times. Uh, obviously, Kamara Roof's got his injury problem, so I would expect to see at least a couple of number nines uh, through the door at Ibrox over the course of the summer. Well, let's hear from you at home. 0141 Plenty to get our teeth into, of course. Brendan Rogers is the name on most people's lips at the moment looks as if he's edging closer to that move to Celtic agreeing a return to Parkhead as Ange Postacoglu's successor we've heard from some of you on the phones about that but if you've got any other thoughts we'd love to hear from you 01419511025 we just mentioned that it looks as if Rangers will be getting a striker through the door and Sam Lammers he's undergoing a medical today Rangers fans maybe you've got some thoughts on that or thoughts on some of the other transfer business you'd like to see Rangers do and of course the Scottish national team have a huge game on Saturday a successful start to that Euro 2024 qualifying campaign but the uh, small obstacle of 
Erling Haaland and Norway to come, Kenny? Listen, it's going to be massive. I think you're just kind of hoping that he's still celebrating that treble one, to be honest with you. But he's, uh, listen, he's a, he's a world top, top, and maybe potentially the best number nine in the world. And the amount of goals that he's scored at this young age has been nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, he needs service, you know, so there's a lot more uh, to, to this team than just uh, Erling Haaland's goals. I mean, they've got two superstars in Odegaard and Haaland, but they've got a good, strong team to serve them. And, and a player like Erling Haaland needs service. So it's also as important as the game plan and how you stop that service, not just stop the man. Yeah, let's hear from you. 01419511025. But we will start with that big story regarding Brendan Rogers. Not too much development today. I believe there has been more talks between Brendan Rogers and Dermot Desmond than Celtic are. Well, it's looking like they're getting closer to getting their man. And Celtic really have pulled out all the stops when it comes to trying to get Brendan Rodgers back to Celtic Park. Can you see why they've done that, Kenny? I can see exactly why they've done it. And it does look that way. I mean, the talk about bumper deals, uh, transfer budgets that are, that are going to be made available to them to strengthen the team. Uh, is like I said, is the, the name it would have been on my lips again? It's for I think for the blue side of Glasgow, you'd probably rather it wasn't Brendan coming back. That would be my view on it because I think the job that he'd done before uh, was was unbelievable. And people forget about it. You know, they forget how good his team played. They forget about all the success. I mean, he won every trophy available to him. So it was uh, it was a real strong time. That being said, it was against obviously a, a, a weaker Rangers team at, at that time. But uh, is a for me is. If, if he's not the best he's, he's, he's top two top three British managers at the moment and uh, has been for a number of years and the levels that he's worked at if Celtic can get him like, like it was the first time I think it would be a massive massive coup You see the other names that have been linked the likes of Enzo Moresca Kjetil Knutsen as well for you you just think that Brendan Rodgers is head and shoulders above anyone else that's been linked to the job You know I think Knutsen's done an, an incredible job where he's at uh, Moresca again not really kind of I've not really seen too much of what his managerial capabilities will be. Wonderful job in, in the role that he's in. Uh but for me, Brendan Rogers, again with the connection that he's already had, the club, the success that he's had here. And a little bit similarly to when Michael Beale came back to Rangers, there, there is a familiar feeling there. You know, you know the people, you know the environment, you know exactly what you're getting into, you know some of the players. Uh I think it makes that kind of transition a lot easier when you've when you've got someone like that who's coming back in. It's not just about known players and things; it's the staff and and the people that surround the club. It makes that settling in period a lot a lot uh, quicker. But I just think the qualities that he's got as a as a manager is. Uh, He's, he's top level, you know. So if Celtic, if Celtic can convince him to come back, and he chooses to do it, it'll be a, it'll be a wonderful appointment for them. Well, why don't you join us? Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. Ken is a Celtic fan in Cambus Lang. Ken, it it looks as if the Brendan Rodgers deal is getting closer. Is his return something you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah, I mean, he, as Ken as Kenny said, I mean, he, he's done great for us the last time. I just. I just hope that there's going to be different camps of Celtic fans either. The ones that like Brendan, the ones that don't trust him, the ones that will really hate him for the way he left. But they've got to remember what he did for us before. But they've also got to back the board. Over the last 12 years, we've had 11 titles, five trebles. The players come and go, managers come and go. The board may change a wee bit, but these guys are the guiding force. And they've done us proud over the years. And we've got to get behind the manager and the board and trust and not expect a treble from Brendan because they're difficult to get. I mean, the one thing that Brendan Rodgers did with Celtic was he almost 
made trebles seem normal he won two he won seven trophies out of seven yes he, he went to Leicester after that but Celtic you know, have won another treble this season. It just goes to show the success he had first time round at Celtic, Kenny. No, it, it does, and, uh, and and Ken's bang on that. You can't forget that. And again, for for being someone who was playing directly against his team, the way they played was it was different to Ange. It was for me. It was it was it was just as entertaining. There was just as free flowing. There was a lot of goals, a lot of control within the game. So again, I think you kind of forget about what that because Ange has done with the job that Ange done over these last two years it was sensational. But but Brendan, like I said, he's a top top level manager. Uh, for me. If you can convince him to come back, it would be massive, massive for the Celtic board if they can get that man back through the doors. Ken, if we can go back to February 2019 when Brendan Rodgers decided to go to Leicester, how were you feeling about Brendan Rodgers then? How did you feel about that move? Uh, and maybe how has that changed over the past week or so since he's been linked with a return? At that time, I was gutted. I felt betrayed by him because he had another treble on the go. And... I just wanted him to have a disaster this time at Leicester. Although, to be honest, it didn't last that long. I'm about too mature to so hold a grudge for that length of time, you know. So, I was quite glad that his name was in the hat. Although, I think I wanted Kutzen more than I wanted Rogers. But now that it looks like Rogers, I'm quite happy about it. I mean, the Celtic board have really acted with conviction here, haven't they, Kenny? Because, you know, not long after... It came out that Ange Postacoglu was going to Tottenham. All of a sudden, it was out there that Brendan Rodgers was the man they wanted. Michael Nicholson and Chris Mackay flew over to Mallorca to have talks with Brendan Rodgers. He's had discussions with Dermot Desmond as well. This is the man that, you know, no matter what the public opinion was, there's, of course, going to be some Celtic fans that won't agree with it, that the Celtic board know who they want. That's clear, you know, and I think that was uh, when you seen like the pace pick up on the on, on Angie's move to Spurs. It was a name that was straight out there. I mean, it's sometimes timing in football is everything. Timing in life, I mean, you know, Brendan just leaving his role towards the end of the season, Angie then leaving, and this this role that he clearly loved when he was here initially. You know, he spoke so fondly, spoke so fondly about his time there and all the success that he had. It was, it was the obvious contender, you know, and, and fair play to Dermot Desmond and the Celtic board. They've probably recognised that because that's another thing about when you work with someone, you're seeing a, a direct line of how they operate, who they are as a person, and they really feel it. You know what? Irrespective of how he left and, you know, he went on to, uh, to the Premier League in England, he was the right man for the job at the time there. He'd done a wonderful job. And see now, if we can get him to come back, we want him back because he's the right man for the job to then build on what Ange has already done over the last couple of years. Ken, if Celtic get their man and Brendan Rodgers accepts the offer, do you feel he needs to address what happened with his exit? Do you feel he needs to, you know, does he owe Celtic fans an apology at all? Or is it all about looking forward and the potential success he could have? To me, I think it's just about looking forward. You can't live life in the past. and You, you can't hold grudges, especially not for this length of time. You've got to have faith. You've got to trust in the manager. You've got to trust in the club and, and the team and just look towards the future and another title to come our way, at least. The problem is in this city, Kenny, people do hold grudges, but is it all about looking forward? You know, is it a case of if Brendan Rodgers comes in, hits the ground running, then all will be forgiven? Yes, I think it will be. I think that's the way the city operates. But there will always be the people that, that question you. There will always be the people that will never forgive you for, for, for certain things. Uh, but again, when you go back to it, like the job that had been done uh, previous, like 
I don't think anybody, even the, even the people that are were absolutely devastated and will never forgive them the way he left at that time mid-season, they've still got to look back and think, you know, it was an incredible job. I had a really, really good manager. If anything, as a manager, as a player, you're always looking to progress and develop and become better. So, I mean, Brendan's now four years down the line. So he, I'm sure he's, he's got different things. He's, he's been working in a in a massive league in England where he's had some top players. He's done a, for, again. He's done a really really good job at Leicester. You can't deny that. I think like fifth place, fifth place, an FA Cup. Like he's brought success to Leicester. And I think when you look at the circumstances surrounding the season that he had this year and the summer that he had last year in terms of recruitment, it wasn't really given too much backing to go and make that team better. Whereas he probably felt they were standing still a little bit. A lot of his big name players were getting linked again it led to a poor season that's fine but there's no doubt this guy's a, a, a top manager and again when you've got the blue tinted glasses on you actually hope he, <laughs> hope he doesn't take it because he, for me he is he is top level and I don't think even like I said even the doubters and the people who are really d- disappointed in how he left I think they'll recognise in time that we've got a really really good manager if it gets over the line well thank you to Ken let's speak to Connor who's a Celtic fan in the south side he's a first time caller as well Connor what is it that's made you call in for the first time tonight it's um, the way he left, obviously, we've lost a lot of trust in the way that he was and how he did it was a bit bitter. And then to take him back is a bit sour. So it's like the way he was the last season alone with Leicester, I know he got obviously like recruitment and he finished fifth, fifth in the FA Cup, but the way he played last season, he's all had the same players and the way he played. And obviously, Ange left is which is a bit bittersweet, but he's got a blueprint of how we played. And it's probably one of the best seasons, two seasons the way Celtic has played. It's is he gonna come in and change up straight away or is he gonna like follow the blueprints that Ange left for us and then and at least change it up. But I don't think he should come in straight away and make these immediate immediate changes straight away. The thing is Kenny I can't imagine Brendan Rogers will be coming in and thinking, well I'm just gonna copy the way Ange Postacoglu was doing things because you know, it, it was successful. Brendan Rodgers has his own ideas. You've played against Brendan Rodgers' sides. And on top of that, he's now developed four years down the line. He's, he's, you know, had four more years in the Premier League as well. What do you think he'll bring to this Celtic side that's very different from the one he left? You know, as much as as a completely different team, I, I, I get that. The styles for me are not that dissimilar, you know, in terms of the formation. I would say Brendan was probably more flexible in the formations that he played. You did see him playing back threes at times. I mean, I think it was a game against Hamilton where James Forrest is a right wing back, but it's a really, really attacking, it was a really, really attacking system, even though he kind of went with three centre-backs. I think Kieran Tierney might have been one of the centre-backs actually that day. But uh, he was probably more flexible in terms of formations. In terms of the style, they want to dominate the ball, they want to control the game, they want to attack, they want to score goals. Ange has got his slight different ways that he done it. Again, he brought the, these kind of inverted fullbacks with their real rotations within midfield, their wingers and their fullbacks. I'll be, I'm, I'm interested to see how Brendan will deal with that type of thing because I've not really seen his team kind of do that type of thing. I mean, I, I, I think when they had Kieran Tierney, you know, the world-class fullback that he had uh, in his first time, he's not got that this time, you know. So there will be differences, I think, for Brendan's team back then to, to Brendan's team now. Uh, and it might be down to how Celtic are going about their business and now. It might be down to the personnel that they've actually got at his disposal as well because there might be a few maybe players you would say are better now than what they had back then. 
but there will also be some that are not so good. Again, when you think of the Kieran Tierney situation, that guy was just uh, on a different planet for, for a young age. You know, you've not got a guy like that in your team now, and Kyogo's a different player to a Dembele or an Edward as well, you know, so it's interesting. It really is interesting, but that's why these guys are paid the big money. That's why they're coaching and managing at the top level, because they know how to work things, they know how to get the best out of whatever's at their disposal. And again, what I would say through the, the reports, there will be money available and I would expect at least a couple of big signings coming through the doors at Parkhead. Connor, I know you said you had concerns just given Brendan Rodgers' final season at Leicester. When you look at the three seasons before that and you look at the seasons he had in charge at Celtic, do those maybe give you sort of confidence on the flip side that you can find further success with this team? It obviously does give a bit of confidence that, that the seasons he had, but it's like the season he had now, like as you're saying, people are like, oh, he didn't have spend and he didn't have this, but the last three seasons he had the same like, team, he had the same formation, he had the same like budget and stuff like that. He should know how to play with that team as it is, and then to come in here straight away and try like implement his style of play is a bit concerning to what it would be under like also like, Bill the way he's playing with Rangers and stuff like that it's I don't know it's a bit concerning as it like he's got experience under obviously the way the Rangers and plays and stuff like that Rogers obviously when he was with us he played a different style under Ange and then when he comes in is he going to change it up too fast then it could take half a season at least for us to figure out the way we play what, what I'd say on that corner is like I think Brendan's far more smarter and more in football intelligent than us and he'll know exactly what he can and can't do and how he can push things, where he can push things uh, in relation to the season that he just had now. Yes, it's not just about recruitment and things and it wasn't a good season obviously for him uh, up till now but there is always a lot of circumstances circumstances we've actually seen at Rangers this year when you've got players who are potentially running down contracts, they're no happy I remember at the start of the season, Madison and Barnes were getting linked with big money moves Tielemans was coming into his last year. They were all really, really, really big players for him over his over his first two or three seasons. And by the way, they were still good for him. And you're right, they're still really, really good players. But you've got to remember there is a human being behind a player as well. When they're always thinking about what's going on next, they may be looking. They may be looking actually thinking are we going to sign any players that can come and make us better? And the club never, you know, so they could have been a little bit disheartened by that as well and it maybe led to kind of not a great kind of situation within the club. Listen, the bottom line is they never had a good season, they had a lot of decent times and success at Leicester and at Celtic beforehand and uh, I'm, I'm still on that, that side. It'll be, a, it'll be a wonderful appointment. Well, thank you to Connor. Give us a call if you've got any thoughts that you want to add to that in the Brendan Rodgers situation. Maybe you're a Rangers fan that wants to talk transfers or maybe you're an interested party when it comes to Celtic's managerial situation as well, how it may affect your club and, of course, Scotland with a big game against Norway on Saturday as well. So any thoughts, give us a call on 0141 951 1025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We'd love for you to get involved as well. 0141 951 1025. Maybe you've got some thoughts to add to the ones we've already heard about the potential return of Brendan Rodgers to Celtic. Or maybe you're sick of hearing about that and you want to change the subject. That's absolutely fine by us as well. Maybe you want to talk about your team's transfer business in this upcoming window. Maybe you want to talk about Scotland's game against Norway and the prospect of Erling Haaland as well. 
well. We'd love to hear that. 0141 951 1025. Let's go back to the phones, though. Laurie is in Deniston. Laurie, how are you feeling about the potential return of Brendan Rodgers to Celtic? Well, I'm hoping they can get his signature uh, soon and get his appointment uh, over the line, Andrew. I think of all the candidates been mentioned, he easily is the one uh, with gravitas and the most glittering resume uh, of all. Uh, he's done it before. He's got a proven record. Uh, and after the departure of Hans Postacoglu, uh, I think we need somebody uh, who has got uh, as I say, a proven track record uh, in charge, and for me he's the, uh, the man. What I would like to say, Andrew, is uh, I know a lot of people, understandably, uh, were up at the abrupt manner of his departure the last time round, but you know what? Everybody's entitled to a mistake. There are some people who are implacably opposed to his return in, under any circumstances. Uh, hardliners, diehards, zealots, uh, people who are self-appointed, Moral, uh, moral custodians uh, of the club's fortunes. They should chill out a wee bit uh, and let's welcome back uh, Brendan, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Kenny Laurie's saying there that he's he's happy to welcome Brendan there with, with open arms. You are a, a figure that's no stranger to a controversial move in your career. How much will Brendan Rodgers have had to think about this and how much will he be thinking currently about it if it's not signed and sealed already? You know, I think when, when Brendan left, he mentioned that he could see himself working at Celtic in the future. And that was in the in the midst of the, all the backlash and the, and the disappointment of the Celtic fans uh, in terms of how quickly he left at the stage of the season that he left. But uh, I don't think you'll need to think about it because I, I, I know he's someone that, Again, he put seven trophies in the cabinet out of seven. You know, like, there's not much more he could have done. They played a, a wonderful brandy football as well. <clears throat> He'll back himself to come in and, and, and do the same again. But he's, uh, the, the only thing I think he would have to think about will be, is there any other options? You know, would there be other options elsewhere? Uh, Celtic have went all out, and I, and I can understand why they've went all out, because they I'll believe that he's the man. Leeds, but they've been relegated to the yeah, EFL. Yeah, again, I think that's a different proposition for Brendan now, the fact that they're in a the championship. A wonderful club, massive football club in Leeds but Brendan might just see himself and what I mean by other opportunities, maybe abroad you know, there could be things abroad that I think again, that's something he has talked about that maybe managing in different leagues, so again whether it be in Italy or, or maybe Germany or, or Spain or, or wherever I think uh, there would be a lot of clubs that it, it would be on their radar now the fact that he's out of work if they were looking at a managerial change, but Celtic have looked, looked like they've, he's the number one candidate Dermot wants to go for his man and I think we can fully understand why and Laurie, like the rest of the Celtic fans I think the, whether they agree or they don't agree, I think in time they'll probably recognise it, it could be the right call Was there anything else on your mind Laurie? Uh, actually Andrew, I need to get this uh, off my chest These same people that I've referenced uh, who are up in arms uh, about Brendan's return I wonder what they will think Now, I'll be honest with you, as far as I'm concerned all is fair in love and war but I have got a suspicion that Ange Postacoglu uh, will come in probably for Hatati uh, and Kyogo. Uh, I'm convinced that will happen. Now, I wonder what these same people will say. Will they regard that as dishonourable? Personally, as market forces at work, it won't affect me. I'm a realist. Uh, I'm not a sentimentalist. Football's a business. Uh, but I wonder if they will feel that 
if he does make a move uh, for the Japanese players, if that would be dishonourable. Brendan Rodgers never raided Celtic for any players when he went to Leicester City. There are two parts to that, Kenny. A, can you see Ange Postacoglu coming in for any Celtic players? And B, would Celtic fans be correct to be annoyed or angry at Ange Postacoglu? We'll take the first part. Do you think there are any players that Ange Postacoglu would want to take with him down to Tottenham? No. I don't think there'll be anybody who'll take. Uh, Kyogo, talk about Kyogo. I understand Kyogo and Ange clearly adores him and, and the role that he plays in this team, in this Celtic team, it's why he brought him. Is it the same role that he needs for, for Spurs? Well, firstly, how much money is it going to cost to get Kyogo? How mu- Laurie, how much would you take for Kyogo? I would imagine somewhere in the region of £30 million. Pounds. <laughs> That's chicken feed compared to what he's getting paid for some players. No. In the Premiership. But my point, uh, Kenny, regarding that is it's not very well getting £30 million pounds in the coffers for uh, the sale of Kyogo. Uh, but who would you replace him with? Uh, and I'm talking quality. Uh, and how much uh, would it cost? Yeah, sorry, Laurie. That's why that's that's the reason I asked the question. Is I don't think Tottenham will go and spend thirty million to have Kyogo sit and watch Harry Kane play. Uh, Twenty-eight years week. old as well. Does and that he's come into it? Absolutely comes into it. So I don't. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it would I mean Hatati had been a little bit younger. But what he is now, Angus, he's shopping in a whole different market. This is no. This is like again with the greatest of respect to Celtic and the Scottish game and Rangers, even for that matter as well. It's the big leagues where a lot of money gets spent on players, so he doesn't need to really be thinking, right? Can I get a wee a two million pound gem here? Or you could have fifty million. By the way, if he does sell Harry Kane, he could have sixty, seventy million to go and sign one of the best forwards in the world. Uh, if he believes Kyogo can do that job in that Premier League for his Tottenham team, if Harry Kane left, then fair enough, go for it. I've got my doubts. I can see it happening, Andrew, but it's hypothetical. You know, uh, I've I've nothing to substantiate it. It's just a gut feeling uh, that I've got. But uh, I would not be surprised uh, if either or both uh, were uh, Spurs very shortly. Kenny, do you just feel that if Ange Postacoglu is given, it's not going to be a blank checkbook, but by Scotland standards, it is a blank checkbook because teams like Tottenham can come to Scotland and, and really sign anyone they want because they've got the money to do so. Do you just feel that Ange Postacoglu is shopping in a completely different market now that he's at Tottenham? That's exactly it. It is about levels. It's about levels. I mean, you, you look at the, the quality of the football that he's got in the building, it's Spurs already. I struggle to see where, where any of the Celtic players... I mean, the one player that I feel that could have... So again, to go back to Laurie's point about Brendan never raided Celtic, I think Brendan could have. I mean, I think at that time, Kieran Tierney and Callum McGregor... There was Callum McGregor yeah, was, I mean, was of interest. Whereas Leicester. Callum McGregor now at 30, like, that's not going to be a, that's not going to be an option. But four years ago at 26, it would have been a big option. And Callum McGregor could easily have went down there and played in that Premier League, I've no doubt about it. Kieran Tierney has. I mean, they're two players that he probably could have at that time. I don't think that these players have got the same appeal or will have the same appeal for Ange at this club because, like you say, it's going to cost a lot of money for Kyogo. You've got Harry Kane there. He's scoring 30 goals every season. He's one of the best nines in the world. He doesn't need to sign another striker and I think 30 million might be too much to be a backup. But like you say, he's shopping in a whole different market now. And you know what? See, fans want some. He'll, he'll, he'll get them. Because like you've just said, if Tottenham or any other one of these English clubs wants to come and take one of our best players, they'll get them because money talks. There had been talk of Rio Hitati as well. I think those were reports down south, certainly younger than Kyogo. Could you see him as a, a more realistic option maybe of going to Tottenham? 
maybe more realistic I think if you look at that area of the field for Tottenham it's maybe a more pressing kind of priority than signing a number nine uh, again as for me it is also a, a, about I mean I think Hattati is a wonderful player I think he's dropped off again towards the end of the season he's not maintained that that early season form whether it was just coming back for his injury and it was maybe kind of playing on him a little bit it's, it is about it's a, it's a different level going to England and, and playing at that league I think Ange knows them better than any of us so if he feels that they're right and they can fit in and they can do the job that he needs them to do by the way they need to do it better because it's a different level then he'll, he'll come and sign them I've got my I've got my my doubts whether he'll come for any player at Celtic well thank you to Laurie let's speak to Jamie who's in Edinburgh Jamie how are you feeling about the potential return of Brendan Rodgers is it something that excites you are you one of these fans that you know you may be struggling to see or over- oversee what happened when he was last at the club Hi um, No, I'm, I'm totally excited um, I don't have any issues with him having left I actually think that these guys have careers and I don't take the huff when they leave The thing that I'm particularly excited about is I don't believe for a nanosecond he'd have taken that job unless he was offered a big budget and autonomy on transfers. So we've got an elite manager who I believe's got a budget, autonomy and transfers. I think this this is very bad news for our friends across the road. Yeah, I'll put that to Kenny because it's an interesting route to go down recruitment because certainly Brendan Rodgers' record with recruitment last time he was at Celtic was hit and miss. There were some players that were really successful. You look at the, the likes of Moussa Dembele, Odson Edwards, Scott Sinclair, but there were quite a few transfer windows where there were quite a few players that came in that, that weren't a success. It seemed that when Ange Postacoglu came in, he had more control and the transfers had more of his fingerprint over them, do you think that Brendan Rodgers will look to have more control over transfers than he maybe did last time? Because there, there were suggestions last time that he was a bit unhappy. He certainly said a few things in the press about players that were coming in that you know maybe weren't his choices. Listen, I think Brendan would have had a lot of control when he first came in, particularly when you put three trophies in the cabinet in your first year. And when you look at again, when, I, when I'm saying if Brendan does get confirmed, I would expect at least a couple of kind of big signings that will get the Celtic fans excited. Because when you look at his first month in charge, less than a month in charge the last time, Musa Dembele was in the ball and I, I, coming out. I mean, a massive name, like a young striker coming through at Fulham, and he managed to kind of convince him to come up and play at Celtic. Scott Sinclair came up, and they too had had incredible seasons. You've only got to look at this, the kind of career that Dembele's went on. He had Odson Edward coming in. Listen, recruitment's not easy. You know, it's not easy. It can be hit or miss. Ange, for me, has been a real, a real freak in that department where he's signed a lot of players, and there's not been many that. I mean, I don't think everybody's been the rip-roaring success that maybe a Kyogo has been, but I think when you're putting trophies in the cabinet, people kind of just think that everybody kind of gets tarred with the same brush because there's there's certain players you've not even seen, you know. So whether they're going to be decent players or not I mean, remains to be seen. But I think when you're putting trophies in the cabinet, I think that does kind of paper over a lot of mistakes. But if Brendan did make mistakes, well, he still put all, all the trophies in the cabinet, you know. So uh, I think he will have control. I think he will have a budget, like Jamie, uh, Jamie says. He'll have a, have a, a money to go and make signings. And like I've said a couple of times already, I would expend a, expect a couple of significant signings through the door at Celtic over the coming weeks. Ange Postacoglu had a really good hit rate when it came to his signings being a success. How hard is that going to be to replicate for any manager? 
Any matter, listen, every man, I mean, again, Michael Beale's going through it right now at Rangers. He's going through a similar kind of thing where there is going to be a lot of players, there's a lot of players left, there's a lot of players coming through the door. What you need to do is, I mean, if you look at Ange, like where his big hits were, like there was a couple of loan signings that came in and really hit the ground for him and Carter Vickers and Jota and then they subsequently signed him. His big ones were obviously the Japanese players that he knew. He knew them, he knew, whether I working with them or playing against them, and he knew their qualities, he knew their, their, their personalities and their characters, and he knew they were going to fit. You know, so it takes a lot. It's why you see so many managers all over the place signing players that they've worked with, signing players that they know because they know they can trust them and they know they're, can, they're, they're reliable signings because recruitment is tough. So you, you need to really, you need to put the work in or you need to have a good team behind you that are putting the work in that are going to get the right people through the door that you want. I believe Brendan will have a, a big say on who comes in over, over the course of this, this next month or so. Jamie, if Brendan Rodgers does come in, would you expect there to be a, a big change in the squad this summer? Uh, I'm not too sure how much of a big change, but I, I need to take issue with Kenny over the fact that Rogers had control last time. He certainly did not at the end. If you looked at his reaction when we signed Marion Shreved from Ukraine, he absolutely did not sign that player, did not sanction him. And this was all part of what had broken down, uh, I believe, probably in his relationship with Lowell. So, yeah, I think it's different. I think he will have a lot more autonomy. I think he's got a lot better squad to work with. What comes in depends on what goes out to an extent, and hopefully not much goes out and uh, a few quality signings go in to sort of um, help uh, augment what's there at the moment, which is clearly very good. Thank you, Ange. Yeah, what Jamie was referencing there was when Marion Schved was about to be signed. Brendan Rodgers came out in a post-match press conference when he was asked about Schved and said, oh, we, we don't need him, we've got a million wingers. That's not something you hear very often yeah. from managers speaking out against a signing that's that's just going to come in. That that almost seemed as if, well, not almost seemed, that was certainly a, you know, have, having a go at whoever was signing the players, whether it was the board, the, the recruitment team, that there was a, a disconnect there, certainly at that point towards the end of his reign. But you've got to understand these types of things, Jamie. Like when I'm saying he's got control, he still have a control. Like there's a difference between absolute full control and you decide absolutely everything that goes in, everything that comes out. I mean, football's a, a, a collaboration at the, these, the size of these clubs. So whether it's with sporting directors, heads of recruitments, whether it's with owners or, or chairman, it is a bit of a collaboration. Brendan Rodgers will have the majority of the control. Whether he decides absolutely everything that goes on at the football club, that's that's another matter. But in terms of that one particular signing or other ones, I think he was even a, a bit unhappy about how certain deals maybe never happened as well. But again, that's maybe down to finances and no necessarily a controlling matter. Listen, Brendan Rodgers earned the right to, to, to decide who he wants to work with and he, what players he feels are going to be able to come in to benefit the, the current group, which, like Jamie says, is, is in a, a really, really good place at the moment. Is that just the nature of modern football, Kenny, that there are some signings that just aren't really decided by the current manager? You look at Celtic at the moment, heavily linked with Odin Thiago Holm, who's a 20-year-old a uh, Norwegian midfielder. It looks as if he could well be in the door. Brendan Rodgers isn't even in the door yet. That's a decision that's going to be made by the recruitment staff at Celtic, the board at Celtic is that just the way modern football is that the clubs do make decisions on certain players that go over the head of managers because they feel that you know it'll be a, a good investment whether it's one to sell on in the future or a, a player that they feel impact the first team 
Well, the, this is a this is a unique situation because there's no manager to even like talk to about about a signing. If Brendan's going to come in, I'm sure he will have been asked about what do you think of this guy, and he will have been asked asked for an opinion on it. But yeah, at certain football clubs, there is ways where you are the coach. Again, you've heard a lot of high profile ones of late. I think none more so than Angie's club that he's just uh, he's just moved to that. Uh, the, the, I think it was, was it Pochettino that said, it's, I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm a head coach, I'm not a manager, mm-hmm. I'm a head coach, I coach the players. So he was alluding to the fact that he may not have a, have a control and say over who comes in and who doesn't. And listen, certain clubs do that. Each club's different though. You know, every, each club's different. For me, I think the only way that it can work is if it is a collaboration, whether it be between an owner, uh, a sporting director and a manager, I think you, you have to be on the same page to, like, to who you're saying because ultimately it could lead to these types of comments in the, in the media from a manager or it could lead to uh, a head of recruitment saying, well, you went over my head or, or you never agreed with this, well, I told you you should have signed this player. There's different ways. Listen, you're not going to agree on everything. That, that's it as well because it's, it's also grown men or, or human beings that are actually going through it and there's going to be disagreements but it's important that you come to an agreement together and that you stick to it I think again at these clubs at the moment our two big clubs you've got Michael Beale who seems to be taking on the reins of the Rangers recruitment and say since Ross Wilson went and he seems really happy to do so and I can understand why and I think Ange's had a good saying in the, in the Celtic recruitment over the last two years and I would expect Brendan to be afforded that same that same opportunity Well thank you to Jamie maybe you've got some thoughts on Scotland's game against Norway this weekend maybe you've got some thoughts on your club and potential summer signings Sam Lammers undergoing a medical ahead of his move to Rangers today give us a call 0141 951 1025 0141 951 1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Kenny Miller here with me Andrew McLean in the studio and if you want to get involved it's 0141 951 1025 Plenty of thoughts coming in on Brendan Rodgers but there's a lot else happening as well and one of those is a big game for the Scottish national team it was a fantastic start to the Euro 2024 qualifying campaign last time out Kenny and and now it's time to see how Scotland can test themselves against the likes of Erling Haaland and Martin Odegaard Yeah it's, it, was a, it was the dream start uh, for us in this campaign it's the first time we've started like this for a long long time in a, in a, in a Euros campaign uh, obviously the Spain results the one is, is, is the headline result but to go through the, the first two games come with six points I mean you've got five goals you've got clean sheets you've, you've got a away trip to Norway and you know you can look at the superstars that are in the team and, and, and that's quite right and they're, and they're you have to look at them, you have to kind of stop them playing things, but, but we're in a good place, you know, we're playing some really, really good stuff, I mean, I know there was a lot of complaints for, for a, a certain Rodri after the after the Spain uh, victory, but we deserved that one, you know, we played really, really well, the game plan was bang on, and when our moments were there, we took them, uh, it was an excellent performance, so if we can build on that, and again, a, a, a draw would probably be a decent result away in Norway, and then you've got George at home, it's a real chance for us to put ourselves in a really good position to forget about playoffs and actually go and make the Euros automatic. Because I heard John Carver saying yesterday that, yes, Scotland need to have a plan to stop Erling Haaland and stop Martin Odegaard, but it's about the likes of John McGinn and, and Scott McTominay and Callum McGregor imposing themselves on Norway and, and making Norway worry about them. 
That's exactly it because where we're at as a and, and a team at the moment, we've got a strong squad across the board. Everybody's playing at good levels. I mean, again, we've got a couple of superstars of our own. We just never label our players superstars. But we've got your Andy Robertson who have won Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues. We've got John McGinn who's who's playing really finished the season really well at Aston Villa. Scott McTominay's playing at one of the biggest clubs in the world in Manchester United. So Kieran Tierney's at Arsenal. Again, we've already talked about him and his and his and his work he done under Brendan Rodgers. So we've got really really good players across the board. I mean, that's only name a few I think if we can perform to the levels that we're capable of I think we can go and beat Norway right? forget about going and getting a point and I know you, you think you're getting carried away and it's not because I, I believe we can get a, a, a real positive result away in Norway but I think if we perform to our levels I, I think we can get I think we can go and win Well Scotland defender Jack Hendry has been talking about the challenge of facing Erling Haaland here's what he had to say Yeah I think we'll keep that amongst ourselves in the group uh, don't want to give too much away but yeah, I think a lot of people have tried to stop him this season and they haven't done if you look at the goals that he's uh, scored. I think if you look at the goals, they're mostly in the width of the box in that kind of area. So, um, look, he's, he's, he's an amazing player uh, with an amazing record this season. But we'll be taking a look at the full team and, and how to combat that. And uh, we'll, we'll try and do our best. But it's something that I'll definitely be relishing if I get called upon to, to try and get the better of him. Yeah, I mean, 52 goals in all competitions this season. When Steve Clark was asked about Erling Haaland a couple of weeks ago, he basically said, Kenny, that he didn't really want to put too much emphasis on him. He didn't want to make this tie all about Erling Haaland. Can you see why he's wanting to play it down instead of bigging him up ahead of this game? You know, it's not about not bigging him up because you don't want to also be disrespectful to a world-class player. But what Erling Haaland is, is is a, is a, is one of the best, if not the best, number nine. At such a young age as well, and the goals he's scored are it's at a ridiculous rate. It's, it's Messi-Ronaldo rate that he's scoring at the moment. So he's, uh, he is on a, on a different planet and that type of thing. But he needs service. Like Erlen Haaland's no messy. You know, he's not going to pick the ball up and going to go past three, four players and then go and put one in the top corner. He relies on really, really good service and he's fortunate that, that at Man City he's got one of the best in the business at actually serving him and Kevin De Bruyne. You know, so he needs service. So you can focus too much on him and you can take your eye off the ball and you can... There's, I mean, Steve Clark's not going to do that. He's going to be really, really aware of the threat that he poses because it is, and Jack's right, it's, his majority of his goals come in that kind of width of the goal, run about that second side sorry second six yard box and he's a predator and there's, there's nobody better at the moment but he needs service so it's about again how you stop that is actually keep the ball you know you can actually keep the ball as well because we've got really really good players who want to have a control and say in the game your Callum McGregor's want to be passing Ryan Jacks want to be passing Billy Gilmore's want to be on the ball and controlling the game so that's one way of doing it when you've not got it you have to be full concentration on him because he never switches off and he's always looking to threaten you know these little diagonal runs when you're when he, when he knows the centre backs just kind of glanced at the ball he's making little movements so you have to be full concentration on him but he's not the only player in this team like you've says and he needs service if he's going to score the goals that he scored he needs some really really good service yeah because Erling Haaland was the Premier League player of the year but if Arsenal had gone on to win the title the Premier League player of the year could well have been Martin Odegaard who's going to be the man supplying Erling Haaland yeah the wonderful season you know and he's a really really he's again he's a he's a world class footballer they're the two superstars within the team but again you can't win any game of football player it doesn't matter how good these two players are you can't win any game of football just with two players so there's there is other threats within the team there is other guys that need to be looked at to in Steve Clark's preparation to make sure that the team's ready to go and get the right result and you know how can we even question Steve Clark over the job that he's done over the last few few years and the 
start that we've had. We're in a good place. We're playing fully confident. I really, really believe in the squad that we've got that we can go there and we can, like you say, not just about Robertson's McGinn's, the guys up fragging, whether it be Shanklin, Dykes, Niz, but we've got good forwards up there, whether it's Christie or Armstrong or in, in behind them again. We've got midfields really, really competitive. <clears throat> I think that's one thing over the course of the, the last couple of seasons. We've put a squad together that is competitive all over because I I think you would you would probably you I think there's seven guys that you could probably name are going to play but there's maybe that three or four where you think right you know what he could play there or he could do a job or maybe he deserves to play and there might be a debate on it the squad's in a good place all over we'll build up to that game a bit more as the week goes on it is a five o'clock kickoff on Saturday over in Oslo I also wanted to touch on the fact Kenny that Sam Lammers a Dutch striker has been undergoing a medical today ahead of what looks to be a three and a half million pound move to Rangers I just wonder what you make of, of that signing because it's certainly an area that Michael Beale has, has had to strengthen with the, the departure of Alfredo Morelos it is and it's, it's also the lack of in Alfredo's absence or if or if he's because his performances weren't great towards the end you were having to look at maybe Fashion Skill who by the way done great towards the end of the season he had a good run gives you everything he's got uh, Rabbi Matondo was also playing up there as a striker as well so it's, uh, it's clearly an area that needed to be addressed there needed to be a player of real quality coming in and I know like the generic term somebody can come in and put 25 goals on the board and the looks at Lammers might not be that guy at this moment uh, when you look at his scoring record over the last few seasons it's not anywhere near to that kind yeah, of level I think level. in the last three seasons he's got six goals combined that was a sort of full season at Atalanta he then spent time on loan at Eintracht Frankfurt he was actually on the bench uh, when Frankfurt beat Rangers in the Europa League final last season he was on loan at two Serie A clubs he was at Empoli for the first half of the season scored one goal for them was it Sampdoria who finished bottom of Serie A got one goal for them will, will that be a concern for Rangers fans? It will be when you when you dive into the numbers it will be but it's uh you don't know the circumstances behind it. You know, he's playing, a, he's, to, he's, he's on loan to a toiling team who get relegated. Uh, you would still expect to see more than run one goal, obviously, over the over the course, or two goals over the course of these those two loans to Empoli and Sampdoria. But it's like you're, you're saying about the, the, the Celtic side putting faith in their board uh, and the people who make the decisions. I think Michael's earned the right to have the trust of the Rangers fans based on his first couple of signings. I mean, I think when you look at your Sterlings, the Butlins coming in and, and Dowell, I think they look like similar type signings. So I think you've got to put full trust and belief in Michael to go and get the players that he wants that believe can come in again, hopefully win that league back for Rangers next year. Well, we'll see if that Sam Lammers transfer is confirmed by the time we are back tomorrow night. But unfortunately, that is all time, all the time we've got tonight. Thank you to Kenny Miller in the studio. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for your calls and thank you for your tweets. And of course, it has been such a busy week. The Brendan Rogers story will continue to dominate, of course, and a massive game for Scotland over in Oslo. Looking forward to that one, to seeing Scotland come up against some top players as well. We're top of the group, so surely shouldn't be fearing anything at the moment. But I'll be back tomorrow night from six o'clock with Simon Donnelly. But stay right there. Callum Gallagher has tunes from Pink and Sean Mendes on the way next. <laughs>